0: Thank you for joining us for sermons on demand from Friendship Grace Brethren Church. We provide these videos as a way to share the pulpit messages and teachings offered at Friendship Grace Brethren Church. If you find these videos a helpful resource, please drop us a note at info at friendshipgraceBrethren.com. Now open your Bibles and get ready to dig into the Word of God. Paul tells us that all scripture is important. All scripture is um, well, we go into Romans 2 25. As Brian asked us to use this to introduce his message, um, for circumcision indeed is of value if you obey the law, but if you break the law, your circumcision becomes uncircumcision. So, if a man is uncircumcised, if a man who is uncircumcised keeps the precepts of the law will not his uncircumcision be regarded as circumcision? Then he who is physically uncircum- uncircumcised but keeps the law will condemn you who have the written code and the circumcision but break the law. For no one is a Jew who is merely one outwardly, nor is circumcision outward and physical. But a Jew is one inwardly, and, a, and circumcision is a matter of the heart, but the spirit not by the letter, his praise is not from man, but from God.
1: Good morning, everyone. I know we can do better. We've had at least two cups of coffee. Good morning. morning. All right. I had to. I didn't get to do it with announcements. This morning, we begin the fifth chapter of Galatians. We're starting to see the end of the book, but there's more action-packed to it. We're covering doctrine, false teachers, and some things that we need to ensure that go correctly in those around us. First verse, verse 1. For freedom for freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. The Apostle Paul dives deep to remind the readers and the people of Glacier that freedom from the wrath and wages A sin is from Christ Jesus. You must stand firm, fast against this slavery. Well, remember the Judaizers were all about Christianity plus. You can be a Christian, but you got to be a Jewish first and follow those six hundred and thirteen laws. You have to follow all those commandments. They went overboard and did not realize or care or understand that the Law and Commandments were not there to save you, but to show you how messed up you were. They went overboard to the point that you couldn't breathe properly. Everyone always gives me a really hard time about my obsession with peanut butter, right? It's it's a lot. Imagine all of a sudden... I'm up here eating a giant Walmart-sized jar of peanut butter with a spoon. A little excessive, right? That's a little bit more than my bagel. That's how bad these Judaizers were. Now I want more peanut butter. Yeah. Peanut butter fruit food for me, but it's a great illustration because... You can have a little of it. You can even have a jar with with your child, but there is too much of it. Jesus dying on the cross saved us from the requirements of having us to do this song and dance to earn our salvation. I use this example many times because it doesn't matter if you get money or food or how many trays of bread you play with at 2 in the morning. You cannot earn your salvation. The Apostle Paul is clearly stating that the slate's been cleared. Our transgressions have been paid. Why would you submit yourself to this bondage of sin again? Why would you submit yourself to something you've already paid for, or that's been paid for, for you? For example, we all have to pay our electric bill, right? I would hope so. Imagine all of a sudden, magically, you didn't have to pay FPNL. Anymore. Till, till the end of time. But then you decide, hey, I'm still going to pay them that $200 a month. Seems a little excessive. I mean, it's already been taken care of. The Apostle Paul continues to dive deep in verse 2. Look, I, Paul, say to you that if you accept circumcision, Christ will be Of no advantage to you. I know a lot of you guys aren't into the hip-hop culture. Not chilling with your homies on Friday night. I'm exposed a lot to this with the people that I have to employ. But imagine the Apostle Paul just said, Oh snap, these Judaizers are not going to do this to Jesus Christ. He's done everything to cover us. If you're going to continue to think this, that you're going to earn your salvation, well, pick a side and go with it. God, who sent Jesus to die on a cross for our sins, or Christianity Plus, with the Judaizers. The Apostle Paul wasn't against circumcision, but the reasoning that was behind it. He was against the act of requiring circumcision for salvation. It's the meaning on why you're circumcised or requiring it. Are you stating it's required to party in heaven with Jesus in heaven? Are you stating that it's a family tradition? Or for health reasons? Or anything else not related to salvation? I don't know why anyone would want to do that, but that's on them. You cannot earn your salvation through this or any act. Verse three through four. I testify again to every man who accepts circumcision that he is obligated to keep the whole law. You are severed from Christ, you who would be justified by the law. You've fallen away from grace. <clears throat> Excuse me. The Apostle Paul is clearly stating that, is that you don't get to pick and choose the law and the commandments you're going to follow. If you're going to follow circumcision as a law, you have to follow all of them. God's standard in our life is perfection. A standard that's unattainable for all of us. There's only one human being that was sinless and blameless. God in flesh and blood born of a virgin, sinless and blameless, sacrificed himself on a Roman cross after being humiliated, and then the snot beat out of him. I want to say something else, but I'm like, I'm I'm not at work. The whole point is that it doesn't matter if, if we all try, we're all messed up. There's nothing you can do to earn your salvation. If you're going to follow the law of the lawgiver, then you will be severed, cut off, burned, or any adjective you can use. Separate in any way possible. You are trying to be your own Christ, your own Savior. You are attempting to be justified or saved by the law, and you have to remind yourself you can't save yourself. You cannot save yourself. Pastor Rich uses the example of giving yourself chest compressions and using the defibrillator. Clear. You know, a dead body is not going to automatically resurrect themselves. That would be kind of cool, but... You can't do it with your own hands. You can't save yourself. We in this world think it's all about saving ourselves. Hey, I'm going to dig myself out of that hole. You know, if I work a little bit harder, I can get that promotion. But without God, we can't do anything. The grace and the mercy from our Heavenly Father, a gift that has no ability to name a value to it is there's not enough money in the world. So if you're young, old, healthy, broken, you can't save yourself. God provided the life raft the paddles, the rescue breathing. He did it for us because we couldn't do it for ourselves. We can't earn our salvation. If we've been truly saved, then it cannot be taken away from you no matter what. This is a question between you and God. It's not something I can answer for you or Pastor Rich or anyone. It's you alone in your car or you in solitude talking with God. There's no way to fake it. God can see the inner workings of our soul. He knows what we're going to think before we think it. Even when we don't know what to pray, He knows it. Sometimes you just have to say, Father, help. If you are going to be saved by the law, then you will not have the grace from your Heavenly Father. Verse five through six through through the Spirit by faith we ourselves eagerly await for the hope of righteousness. For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith working through love. Excuse me. One thing we have to remind ourselves, in a very fancy word that I'm glad I finally can say it without having people laugh at me. Is progressive sanctification. We are working towards being what Christ deserves. We are works in progress. We are not finished. We have duct tape, super glue, and wire meshing. Just holding us together. We're not back to perfection because there's no wait for us to do it until we're called home. Everyone remembers our easy-bake oven, right? I didn't have one, but that would have been the discussion for the elder, elders. <laughs> that would have been a fun March trip. You know, you, you, your, your daughter or your granddaughter make the, the brownies and pies. They're not really done. You know, they're kind of doughy. They're unfinished. That's us. We're not finished till we're called home. We're ready to be eaten and ready to enjoy our time with Jesus and others that have been called home. I honestly can't wait because no pain, no suffering, no colds. Paradise. We must remind ourselves that the Apostle Paul was not opposed to it, but he was against it being requirements. It was not a requirement or something that had to be done to show true faith in our Heavenly Father. Everything keeps going to the point of this requirement for salvation. The Judaizers were trying to say, if you want to be a Christian, you had to be Jewish and follow our laws. You weren't going to earn, you weren't, you were not going to earn your salvation this way. You cannot earn your salvation this way. The favor and love that our Heavenly Father has given us is not something we deserve. I don't know how to stress it more because we're messed up. That's normally when you guys say amen, I was, I was giving you a, a chance. Amen. Thank you, Owen. <laughs> Even one grain of a favor that God's given to us by our Abba we do not deserve the creator of the galaxies and everything around us think of all the times you've messed up you've done something wrong you've yelled at someone you've cursed someone off on I-75 admit it I I know you have We don't deserve that, uh, that mercy. Now it gets good. Verse 7 through 8. You were running well who hindered you from obeying the truth. This persecution is not from him who calls you. The Apostle Paul is telling the people of Galatia that they were doing well, they were growing as believers. But the critical question is, who is stopping you from obeying the truth? Who is leading you down a path that's not following God, but following man? Persecution is not from our Heavenly Father, but from Satan who's attacking us. You are doing what God wants and has called us to do. God's pulling the strings of the events that happen to us, turning those negative things into something positive. I don't know if it's our motto, but it's kind of my mantra in, uh, in life, is if you're facing challenges, persuade, uh, persecution, or struggles, you're doing what God's called to. Satan does not want us spreading the gospel, the good news. He wants the opposite. He wants you fighting on the enemy side. Anything positive for the kingdom of God is not what he wants. Believers will face challenges, struggles, and sometimes it will seem like it's out of a Lifetime movie. Chuck, I know you've seen a Lifetime movie or two. If you could hear some of the things I wish I could, I could tell you of guys in ministry, it's, it's disheartening because the amount of because the amount of events that happen to them. That God's turning it into something positive. The culture of Galatia was ingrained with legalism from the very start because these Judaizers were pushing everything they had tied back. You will earn your salvation if you become Christianity Plus. (laughs) Earlier this week, I got sick. I mean, it wasn't COVID. I'm good. I had... Had to add that little asterisk, and the first thing I thought of after it is I felt death is. All right, Satan, so you think you're gonna, not gonna happen? My God's bigger. Ask ask anyone in in ministry what happens when they when they really have a message and you need to preach. They feel like garbage. I mean, they get in a fight with their wife or the. The garbage disposal dies or the dryer. Everything known to man that can go wrong will go wrong. And then then you'll have a corporate inspection show up. That's fun too. The point is, he thinks he's going to win, but he forgets the end of the book. Verse 9. You guys heard this earlier uh, in Sunday school. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. I must admit, I had no idea what this meant. I've heard it a thousand times in my life, till this week. We know that if God has it in, his, in the Bible, it's something we need to cherish. It's survived thousands of years. We have to understand that leaven is the influence of yeast in baking. And I hope I got this right. Or uh, baking websites are gonna not be my thing. Is the adding of warm water and carbon dioxide into the dough to make your bread kind of surprising? Considering I look at bread all at forty plus hours a week. But hey, leaven's used in other parts of Scripture, though. Normally, we're talking about sin. Makes a lot of sense. Carbon dioxide. Toxic. Bad. Too much carbon dioxide and you can die. That's why you're always supposed to keep the garage door open when you turn the car on. I had a fa- few family members that didn't realize that. Our God has programmed us to expel that carbon dioxide. Get it out of our lungs. The bad air. but it's not just in uh, Galatians that leaven's mentioned Matthew 16:6 6, Jesus said to them watch and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees or 16:12 in Matthew then they understand that he did not tell them to beware of the leaven of bread but of the teaching of the Pharisees and Sadducees Both passages are from the book of Matthew, but they show the sin of the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the teaching that they were giving. They were spreading sin and corruption. So now that we know the uh, uh, context 11 and the reasoning behind it, had to go on a side trip. Who remembers the saying, one bad apple ruins the whole bunch? Or, here's one that'll hit you, hit home. One coworker poisons the whole culture of the store, or the company, <laughs> or the departments. I've seen this first time at work where I where I had one person ruin the whole crew. Ten guys go from cohesive working together to a bunch of guys just throwing trays. The bad. Poisonous apple ruined the whole bunch of apples. It's the same for the Church of Galatia and for us in our current time. The lessons of God through the way that the Apostle Paul writes shows us these are timeless, critical things that we must understand and learn. The legalism that was being spread by the Judaizers was something that could ruin the whole church. It was like wildfire. One person is being used by the enemy to destroy the church or cause issues. The enemy will use this person, this bad apple, to cause issues. Push false doctrine, fallacies, fight over the color of the carpet. We've all we've all heard those fights. These are things that are used to cause issues. We have to remember that giving God the glory and spreading the gospel is what's important. But it doesn't mean that we're not going to face troubles and challenges and attacks. Verse 10. Excuse me. I have confidence in the Lord that you will take no other view and the one who is troubling you will bear the penalty, whoever he is. Here's another oh snap moment. There is one saying that we believers must keep in mind is that God is bigger than any challenge or struggle as being thrown at you. Apostle Paul has confidence that God wins in the end and knows that God and his people will win. Whoever is troubling, making fun at you, giving you a hard time, go ahead, have at it. You can make fun of me for my peanut butter. I don't really care. It doesn't hurt me. The person doing this will bear penalty. But it's referring to the false teachers. They will incur strict judgment as they're leading people into sin. False doctrine and legalism are things that hurt the church and the mission that we help spread the gospel. During this time, I was told by the Judaizers that you had to be circumcised to be saved. Today we hear people have to be baptized to be saved? Or you have to wear fancy clothes to go to church? Or you have to give certain money to be saved? I've heard some crazy reasons. Both of these are wrong and men trying to add to God what He's told us in His Word. So how do you know when you have a false teacher? I was waiting for the tomato. So, a little background. We have a tomato. It, it's not a real one. Where if someone's preaching a false doctrine, you can throw it at them. It's your guys' job to know when you have a false doctrine being taught. Dr. David Jeremiah has five things to watch for. First, false teachers contradict the truth, or they go in the complete opposite direction of what God's saying. Second, they used the Bible to support the heresy that they're giving. The Galatians dealt with this by Judaizers when they were using the Old Testament to under, over. Rewind, undermine and override the Apostle Paul's teaching. Third, those that seek to destroy the church will face judgment by our Heavenly Father. Biblical teachers are held to a higher standard. Because we're responsible for spreading the word of God. We're responsible for other people knowing the truth. It's a very heavy feeling, to be honest with you. (laughs) Makes you want to make sure you're doing the right thing. It's a calling and a responsibility. Fourth, we need to watch out for false teachers that contaminate the church. They seek to destroy it, and they'll do anything to cause division. Carpet, smoke screens, lasers, can't think of another special effect. They will try and undermine what's happening. Lastly, false teachers will criticize teachers of truth. Those that spread the truth of the gospel will face ridicule, Opposition and attacks for telling the truth. That makes you feel warm and fuzzy, doesn't it? Verse 11 through 12. But if I, brothers, still preach circumcision, why am I still being persecuted? In that case, the offense of the cross has been removed. I wish those who unsettle you would emasculate themselves. The Apostle Paul, if he kept preaching circumcision, he would still be persecuted. He would still have attacks on him. He was preaching the truth of the gospel. And even if he stayed quiet and fell in line like they wanted him to, he would still be attacked. Ties into our last point, just how false teachers will attack biblical teachers. who are preaching God's word. The offence of the cross has been removed is the Apostle Paul stating, everything stems back to the people of Galatia and even today the removes of gifts of mercy, grace given us to our Heavenly Father. Without the cross we're nothing. We deserve death. People of Galatia kept trying to earn their salvation. It was being jammed down their throat. Just, just like uh, cough syrup on a, on a child. It kept being told because that's what they believed. We as children of God deserve death no matter what transgression is. You get angry at someone? You're murdering in your heart. You have lustful thoughts. You're cheating on your spouse or your future spouse. use God's name in vain. You're taking something that is holy and blameless and awesome. That's a real definition of awesome. And using it in a negative image. Even the goody-two-shoes individuals that we think of. I know you guys can think of some from your workplace and your communities. They are not blameless. They deserve death. We deserve death. We've placed... Thank you, Siri. We've placed another nail into the cross. Which is... We do that. (laughs) It makes us realize that, yes, we are messed up, but we are getting better. Because God paid that price. The ultimate price. Something that no matter what you do, how much money you give, no matter how many dog food bags or bread or how many people you're nice to, we cannot pay this back. It's a gift of salvation. If we have committed one sin, then we deserve to die and be sent to hell. That'd be a great bumper sticker. There's no sugarcoating this, and I'm not known for it. We were sinning before we realized that we were sinning. The point is all humans need to understand that even though you're saved or someone saved does not mean that they're working, walking on water. <coughs> they're slowly getting better. Sometimes that means that you'll have bumps. But God is attempting to make us better like him. The last point of the verse, the Apostle Paul wishes those that are trying to cause issues with believers to cut off a male appendage. But this isn't just physical. It's also a spiritual aspect. The reasoning is life. In that time it was viewed of giving life. And continuing your, your line. But the Judaizers were spreading lies. They were spreading poison and deception. And false doctrine. They needed to be stopped. And the church needed to control the bleeding. So how do you put this on your refrigerator? Or bumper sticker? Christianity Plus. There's only one way to become a follower of Christ. And that's being selected by God. By the very foundation of the earth. God places the desire in our hearts. And those In their lives to hear the word. This means that there's nothing that you can do. You cannot earn your salvation. No matter if you're circumcised. Give money to the poor. Give property to the church. Live out of a trash bag. Nothing. You cannot give yourself the mercy and the grace. That we've been given. We also cannot lose it. It's not something that, all of a sudden, it's gone. Number two, picking and choosing. If you're going to tell others or yourself that you must be circumcised or you have to wear a three-piece suit to go to church, just to be saved, then why aren't you following all the, all the other laws? The Old Testament. Why aren't you following uh, the laws where you can't operate an elevator on, on the Sabbath? Or, you know, you, you can't eat pork. Or. That would be so. Huh? That would be so. Yes. Now bacon and peanut butter. The point is, you can't pick and choose what it is. Imagine at work if I decided I only want to pick and choose the things that I want it to do. Sorry. You're gone. <laughs> You don't wear your uh, safety glasses, you're gone. You not wear your boots, I hope your kids know how to beg for food. We cannot pick and choose. The Old Testament ranging from what foods you can eat or the new wineskin and the old wineskin. These were told to tell the people in that time frame and us that no matter what, we're messed up. The aspect of all of this was to tell us that we cannot earn or keep our salvation. The Jewish leaders were telling uh, the early Christians they could be believers, but they had to be Jewish first. The only thing that matters is the love that we have for our Heavenly Father. The love of learning His Word, fellowship with each other, giving each other a hard time, or sometimes just rubbing a bald head. The point is, create everything. Be quiet. (laughs) Even on airplane mode, it still does it. God created everything for us. We cannot earn this. We did not create ourselves, we didn't create the galaxies. There's so much we wish we could understand. But our God created everything in six days. Number three, the enemy will attack those that do good. This I want to attach to my forehead. If you're receiving attacks or struggles, most likely, not always, you are doing work for the kingdom. That means you need to keep soldiering through with God helping you. I mentioned uh, that cold this week that knocked me down. I, I almost waved the white flag. But after some praying, I'm like, nope. I've got this. And, and a whole lot of NyQuil. The thing we have to reinforce is that we will face challenges. Because what we've been called to do is not easy. But God wins in the end. Satan doesn't want this. Even though he knows the end of the book, he's like a stubborn step stepchild. He doesn't give up. Those that preach the truth and the word of God will face attacks and persecution. But so will you guys. You'll have those that call you a bad name. You'll have bad days. That's when you gotta, uh pray to God. He'll give you the strength. We cannot do anything to earn our salvation or keep our salvation. God's gift to you through the cross. The love that our Heavenly Father has for us in more ways than any words I could, could not pronounce. That's our Heavenly Father. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you so much for everything. Thank you for the love and the mercy that you give us. We hope to have a great time this week with you and realize that you're with us. Amen.
0: Thank you for watching or listening to this teaching on demand from Friendship Grace Brethren Church. Please consider sending us an email at info at friendshipgracebrethren.com to let us know how this teaching may have helped you. Please also consider joining us in person at Friendship Grace Brethren Church located at 10251 Metro Parkway Suite 116. Fort Myers, Florida, just south of the intersection of Metro and Colonial Boulevard. Sunday school begins at 9 and worship service at 10 a.m. We look forward to seeing you in person at Friendship Grace Brethren Church.